You're listening to a sermon on the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Stick around after the message for more information about Mission Ridge. Thanks for tuning in. All right, well, let's get going here. Um, as I said, you're stuck with me today, but I think that's probably, probably not a bad thing on this, on this, uh, this sermon because this is my favorite part of the wheel. Um, we've been going through this living the story, which is, uh, was our cute way of uh, presenting our Share Connect minister disciple. Um, if you've missed the first two weeks, they kind of stack on each other, but you'll be fine. We'll, we'll catch you up here. But obviously the first week we were talking about what it looks like to share. And then the second week is this connecting phase. Um, and this, this whole series is, it kind of graphs out the growth of a disciple, right? So as you're coming into the faith and you're growing through your faith, this is, this is how we look at it. This is the, the terminology that we got from real life, where we came from, um, I've actually had a couple of different terminologies that I've been a part of. Uh, there was a camp that I worked on, and they called it Befriend, Encourage, Model, Challenge. And when I got to real life, I'm like, SCMD, BEMC, these are very similar. The concepts tend to bleed over. So I think that that gives a little bit of, uh, maybe a little credence to this is, this is not just us. This is the church as a whole. There's a progression here that we need to cue in on. So this is week three. So we're talking about minister. Um, and when we, when we get into the minister phase, uh, it's important to understand that at some point, our faith necessitates action. And this is, I think, this is when we hit the minister phase. Because, you know, when you're, when you're a, ba- a brand new believer, um, let's throw, that, throw the graph up there with the, the, the graphic with the circle. So, like, up here in the share quadrant, maybe call that the, 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 like the baby believer, right? This is the new, new to the faith, whatever, all this stuff baby, far from God to infant, etc. Uh, you're not, you're just kind of learning things. You're cutting your teeth. You're learning how to, you're learning how to walk maybe, right? And then in the child phase, this lower, lower right quadrant here, we've got connecting to God, connect a family uh, to purpose, right? This connection phase. And it's still very internal. It's still very, I'm learning things. I'm soaking this in. You think of a kid, you know, and at some point in, in a child's progression, they kind of become aware of the world around them, right? And as they become aware of the world around them, they become more outward focused. And this, is, this happens like maybe in high school, maybe, uh, maybe into college maybe. You can think of, I like to think of the young adults, this young adult phase, this trained to minister phase as the college students. Um, this is really how it, it resonates in my mind. This is how I picture this sort of believer, that they're, they're at this stage of growth. They're like very optimistic. They got all this energy. They want to go do stuff. The rubber's about to meet the road. Their faith has gotten them to a point that it now necessitates action from them. I have to do something about this. And I'm not crazy in this because we see this in Scripture a couple of places. First one we want to use is Ephesians chapter 2. 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Grace saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works. Okay? It's not a result of works. So that no one may boast. I didn't earn this. I can't claim. I can't boast in this. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, 
We're created to do good works, but we can't boast in that. Because we're already, like, I'm already created to do good works, so if I'm just doing that, I'm just living out my purpose. Like, that's, I don't, that's how I look at this passage. Like, I, I should already be doing this. This is my, my intention. But God prepared, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. You've heard this one before. For grace, you're saved by faith through grace. This is not, we didn't earn this, right? But then we go to James, and this is convenient that we're at the end of October here, because uh, I think Reformation Day is on the 31st, right? That's paired with Halloween or something. Um, but Martin Luther, when he did the Reformation, he really hated the book of James. They almost, they almost threw it out. The Protestants almost threw out the book of James because Martin Luther really hated it because it, it, it does talk about works so much. And we, we actually talked about the book of James it was about a year ago. We did a series on that. Real good stuff there. So if you're interested in learning more about James, you can go back and listen to those. Um, and we dive into that a little more de- in depth. But this passage out of James chapter 2, 14 through 17, James is saying, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says his, he has faith but does not have works? And a, a lot of the book of James, he's, he's pairing this up like, you have to do something for your faith to mean anything, right? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things that they need, the physical, tangible items, like, like, go have a good day, but you don't actually, like, do anything to help them? Like, is that going to actually fix their problem? No. What good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So at some point, at some point in our, in our growth, in our walk with God, we get to a point where our faith is going to necessitate action, and we're going to have to do something about this, or we're going to end up becoming stagnant. And we're going to just sit there. And if you, you think back to the graph there, the, 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 the little image there, like, if, if I'm moving through this and I'm, I'm connecting to God and I'm getting into community and I'm finding my purpose, and right here, this find purpose, a lot of times that finding purpose tends to spur on some action. But I've, I've seen it happen. Like, people get stagnant and they just kind of sit there in this, this quote-unquote child phase. And maybe, maybe you sit there for 50 years and your faith never grows past that because you never do anything with it. You never let yourself get to the point where you have to minister. And why do, why do we say minister, right? This is, obviously, this is a term that you've heard. This is pretty common. It, it shows up in our language a ton. Like, you could call me a minister. There, there, there's the noun version, obviously, that refers to the religious clergy type person. And then there's the verb version. Now, when you look up the definition, it, it says that it, to minister is to tend to the needs of. At its core, every single one of these, you're tending to the needs of something when you minister to it. Think of administration. They're tending to the needs that the company organization has, right? The ministry of defense. They're tending to the needs of defending the country. Um, I think that's Britain that calls it the ministry of defense. But nonetheless, 
Like they actually use their words properly as opposed to us. We just kind of like cannibalize them. But, you know, we sh- so we should look at them when we're breaking down English probably. But we're tending to the needs of. And this is exactly what we see Jesus in the early church doing, right? Jesus' ministry, when you go through the Gospels, he, pretty much everything he did, he's tending to the needs of people. Whether it's making more wine for the party because they ran out, that's tending to the needs of people. Whether it's healing people, like rubbing, you know, spitting on his hands, rubbing some dirt on a guy's eyes, that sure sounds like tending to the needs of somebody, right? Feeding 5,000, etc. When we see the early church, the disciples, they follow in Jesus' steps and they go out and they do the same sort of stuff. And in, in Acts 2, we learn about the church. We talked about this in care group last week where everybody's coming together and they're living like a bunch of hippie communists and they're taking care of each other's needs and it sounds wonderful. It's not actually communism. Don't fight with me. We can talk later if you got, if you got concerns. But like, they're all living communally and tending to each other's needs. They've reached this place in their faith that they have to do something. Like, that's good stuff. We see this. So let's go, let's go back to our graphic here real quick. So in, in this connect phase and in the share phase, like we, we talked about this and they could kind of, they don't have to fall in this specific order. Like this is a, this is a guideline, like the Pirates of the Caribbean. They're not, they're not rules, they're just guidelines, right? And they can wibbly wobbly, they can kind of just go in whatever, whatever order, right? You know, I, maybe I'll connect to the small family, connect to group and purpose, and then, then I connect to God. But all three of them are going to happen, maybe simultaneously, now, when we get to the minister phase, there's an order of operations here, which is why I like it, because there's, there's some structure, and I thrive in structure, so I can break it, but it's nonetheless, I need the structure. Like, I, I need it. This is why Molly, during the week, has to text me and remind me to, like, actually get some things done that, like, my prayer email, that would never make it out if she was not giving me some structure and, like, hounding me every Wednesday through whenever I get it done. Like, I, I need this in my life. But when we see in this minister phase, like, there's this structure. Equip for ministry, provide ministry opportunities, and then you release them. You equip, you equip them, you train them, you give them some reps, and then you send them off. Right? So let's break these three down. Let's start with equip, because we should start at the beginning. Structure. When Jesus is with Peter, James, and John... We look in the Gospels, and, and Jesus takes his, kind of his favorite three, um, Peter, James, and John, and he runs off and does something with them. <clears throat> he's equipping them for ministry. He's training them. He's showing them what this looks like, right? He's imparting wisdom upon them. He's showing them how it's done, etc. So any of these examples where he runs off with them, we're seeing him equip people. The other thing that I think he's doing is he's helping them find their design. We don't have really great examples of this, but these guys end up being the leaders of the church. And I don't think it's accidental that those three are the ones that Jesus picks out of the 12 to kind of be his inner circle. Because I think he saw leadership in them. He saw their design. He saw Peter's chutzpah, and he calls that out, and he equips that. And then Peter goes on to be the head of the church, right? And James goes on to be the head of the Jewish Jewish faction of the church, right? And minister to all of these people, which is why we get the book of James. 
Jesus was calling out their design. <clears throat> and it's not, it's not just for leadership. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is a huge old chunk of scripture that we're going to go through. <clears throat> I'm going to kind of fly through this because we've heard this before. This is not foreign to most people. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all of the members of the body, though many, are one body. He says body so many times. So it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Are we getting the point here? Like he's, he's, being, he's being redundant for a reason. This is important. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would, be, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the, body were, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, psst, that's you, each one of them, as he chose, if all were a single member, where would the body be? One, it would look really weird. Um, every time I read this passage, I see like an entire like human comprised entirely of ears, and it's a little weird. So, welcome to the mind of Logan. You're, you're, I'm sorry, or you're welcome, one or the other. Um, as it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. Hmm, there's a thought. When our more presentable parts do not require, uh, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, being giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there be, may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles and second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then the gifts of healing, helping and administrating in various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? These are rhetorical. He's already answered this. No. Are all teachers? No. Do all work miracles? No. Do all possess gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more, a more excellent way. Okay? He, he's, he's answered all of these beforehand. We're all created differently. We all are designed differently, and, and that's important because we need to be functioning in our design inside the body so that the body functions healthy. The only one that we can get rid of is the appendix. I'll let you find who the appendix is. No, don't find the appendix. But they can create issues. I'll tell you what. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> so, the next thing I want to do is I want to I actually frame this around uh, a little bit of my story. Because I kind of walked this out, I realized 
that, oh, my, like, I was like, what story should I use talking about ministry? And I was like, oh, shucks, I have to tell my story because that fits perfectly. So briefly, we'll skip the beginning, but I reconnected to church in high school. I kind of moved away, quit going in middle school, thought it was a bunch of crap, didn't want to be involved. Um, so I reconnected to church in high school. That's a fun story. You can ask me about it sometime. Raska, uh, Jacob, I think he knows it. Involves a, the Matrix. But uh, I found a place in community. Uh, and this community that I found was the youth group there at my parents' church. And I really got plugged in. Sounds like the connect phase. Uh, and I developed good connections with people. Sure sounds like the connect phase, right? And I, I realized like that no, life had a little bit more purpose than just, you know, me being happy or whatever. And, you know, just, it wasn't just me and Jesus. I, I needed some people around me. I needed this community. I, I, I got connected into that. Now, the youth pastor's name was Terry. Uh, Terry Mode. Man, that guy was great. Okay. Um, Terry started, he, he started to call this out in me. He saw some stuff. Uh, it might have been the late night jam sessions on the on the houseboat at our, our summer camp, but something clued him in that I was musical. Um, I, I'm reminded Josh Josh reminds me of myself back in high school. Um, like, yeah, I was that guy with the guitar, but uh, but mine was pink because that was cooler. Um, I still have it. But Terry started to have me use some of my musical skills, right, to help out. He put together a youth band, and we started, we wanted to do some worship with youth group. And so he got uh, my buddy David on drums, and Stephen played guitar, and I played guitar, and uh, oh, we had, who did we have? Oh, Jack, that's right, Jack was on bass. Oh, Jack was fun. Me and Jack jammed to like Alice in Chains until, I don't, I don't think we ever slept on those youth trips. Um, we just stayed up and talked and solved all of the problems of the universe, but we don't remember them because we were exhausted. So I'm sorry we didn't write those down. Um, but the, he, he put this band together, and Terry started having us lead worship. And Terry was also playing and leading, um, so he was kind of in charge of the team. I wasn't leading. I was watching Terry lead, and I was learning how it was done. Now, I didn't realize this until years later when I realized, like, oh, he was being intentional. Like, I see what happened there, right? Like, you don't, you don't see it when you're in the forest. You, you just see the trees, but I was learning how it was done by watching him. And more than that, he was working with me and a couple other students, like weekly. He was, you know, talking with me about how, how we lead worship, why we lead worship, how we pick out songs, how we put charts together. Like he was showing me how it was done. And he was being intentional. Like I was spending a lot of time talking with him about this and learning new songs and listening and what do you think about this song? Would this one work? What about, what about this one, right? He's, he's giving me the skill set that I would later need. I didn't know I was going to later need it, but he did. So he was equipping me. This is the equipping phase. Now, you might say, well, okay, but I, 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 might, I knew a lot of things, so I could have got thrown into leading worship somewhere, and I probably would have functioned okay. <clears throat> but when you're not intentionally equipped things can get messy. I've seen that happen too. So when I, when I say that there's a, there's a process to this, 
Like if you're, if you're from the side where like, I, if I'm discipling someone, I need to be real careful about that I actually equip them before I send them out because it's going to get messy if I send them out to this next phase. If I send them out for a ministry opportunity and I haven't equipped them, it's going to be messy. So let's talk about providing uh, ministry opportunities, this next phase. Make sure, yep, okay. That was a weird place to divide my notes. Um, so, because you've, you've been equipped now, Logan had been equipped, little Logan had been equipped. I wasn't actually that much shorter than I am now, but it's fun to call me little Logan. Um, little Logan had been equipped. Now I got to practice doing it, right? Because you don't just like have them watch a training video and say, all right, go drive. No, we put our kids through driver's ed. They have to practice, right? So where do we see maybe an example of this in Scripture? Let's go to Matthew 14, where Jesus feeds 5,000. This is a fun story, right? We know this one. It's told twice, once in John and once in Matthew. I like this one a little bit better. It's a little more succinct, but uh, nonetheless. Now, when Jesus had heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick, a.k.a. ministered to them, a.k.a. tended to their needs. Once again, we're seeing this. Now, when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. There's nothing. There's no berries out here for people to eat. Come on, this is a terrible place. But Jesus said, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. You tend to their needs. The disciples said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. And then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Okay, focus in on this. Because we, normally when we read this story, right, what do we focus in? We focus in on the miracle. Like, how'd they feed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish? Like, that's kind of a big deal. Like, that's a little crazy. Which makes sense that that would catch our attention. But what I want to focus in on And he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. Jesus is including the disciples in this process. One, he's talking with them. He's saying, no, you're going to to do this. And then, then he gives them actual things to do to take these loaves out and be a part of the miracle. He's giving them an opportunity to get involved in this. He's giving them a place to play. This is this is just one example, right? You have to provide opportunities for people to cut their teeth on ministry, right? So back to Logan, back to little Logan. Most weeks, I was just a part of the team playing, just helping out, singing backup vocals, learning how to do harmonies, strumming a guitar, trying to not suck. Like, it was good. Every so often, Terry would have me lead a song. That's how it started. It was just like, you're just going to lead one song, right? And then it it was maybe you're going to lead the whole set. And then, then it was, you're going to, you're going to, because I'm going to be gone, so you're going to lead the whole thing, and you're going to be in charge of setting stuff up. And, and this happened, you know, occasionally, and then it started to happen with more frequency. And once again, looking back, like, oh, that was intentional. Duh. Like, 
I should have seen that. But no, I didn't, I didn't notice it at the time. So increasing frequency, I, was, I would be leading. And I was kind of within the team, like our whole team is leading, but then he kind of pulled me out and put me in charge of the team. And also I kind of stepped up into that. There's two sides to this coin. One, I can tell somebody, I can lead the horse to water, but the, the horse has to decide to drink. In this case, I was the horse. Um, maybe not quite as good looking as a normal horse, but uh, definitely more energy as a high schooler. So nonetheless, um, most of the time Terry was observing when I was leading, and then we would talk about it later. It wasn't just, I'm using you. It was, nope, we're going to talk about what went well, what didn't go well, right? What do you, what do you want to do different next time? What do, you, you know, what do you see in this? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? Okay? This is the intentionality. He would provide opportunities for me to do ministry, to minister to my fellow students, to my peers. Let's talk about this last phase, releasing to do ministry. If you remember last week, Rob talked about uh, sending out the 72, right? He mentioned this, and he had a couple theories about that, and they were they're kind of fun, so you can go back and listen to those if you want. But Jesus sends out these 72 to go, go do stuff. He's going to go prepare the way, and they're going to talk to people. And if it doesn't go well, then they're going to shake the sand from their feet, right? We've heard this story. This is, this is Jesus releasing them to do some ministry, now, there's, there's, a, there's a, a phase to this. Like, it's not just like, all right, you've done your reps and you're on your own. Like, you're out of the nest. Like, no. They come back and Jesus is, like, still involved with them. And as we release people to do ministry, or as you're released to do ministry, then the person releasing you should probably check in with you and make sure that it's going okay. Right? This is a continuation of the learning process. <clears throat> But part of this phase is you have to let them fail sometimes, right? You have to, you have to create space because this is how we learn, right? I needed to screw up sometimes. And there were some times where worship probably was not as good as it could have been um, back in the day where I, I remember a couple of times where we just really botched a couple songs. Now, would it have been better if Terry had just done it? Yep, would it definitely have been better. Would I have learned anything? Nope. Being able to fail, being allowed to fail, given space to fail, is an important aspect of this learning process of being equipped and sent out for ministry. This is why we have roughly right as one of our core values, because it's important for growth. We've got to be okay with that space, that maybe it's not perfect all the time. And Jesus gave him room. There was a shake the sand from your feet. Like, he didn't expect them to have 100. They weren't going to bat 100% in this. So back to me there. Eventually, I ended up taking on all the responsibility for the music. Kind of just took that, became my, my ministry. And then more so, it definitely became mine because when I, so I graduated, and then I was out of high school as a freshman in college, and I was still helping out, and then Terry ended up resigning, and that's a whole different story, but Terry ended up resigning in like November, and it was an abrupt sort of thing. And I was a freshman in college. I was doing a lot, but I was still like, I'm now in the place where somebody's got to step up and do this stuff. So I, I ended up carrying that a lot. 
Because not, not only for youth group, but on Sundays, I was playing every Sunday. I was leading every other Sunday. I was taking 18 credits in college. I was working on the weekends. I was not sleeping a lot, um, which for a workaholic was perfect. I was thriving. Um, but this brought out something that I didn't get equipped in. I didn't get equipped in uh, learning how to do balance very well. I never, like, Logan never learned that skill Terry never equipped me with that one necessarily, and I, I don't hold that against him. Like, at some point, I probably should have learned how to do that. So, or if he would have seen that, he probably could have spoken into that a little bit, right? Um, because he had equipped me and then he had given me reps, I was able to step in and take this. And it was kind of a trial by fire, but it was all right. And we kept the youth group going, and I actually ended up, like, I ended up teaching a whole lot more than I ever thought I would have been, and then uh, ended up helping lead the, the trip the next summer, and the, it was a whole, whole thing, um, and leading on Sundays and stuff for regular church, and it, it kind of helped shape who I was, because I realized, like, I really do like this, even though by the end of that year, I was pretty burnt out, um, and I ended up leaving that church and going to a different church, just because I, I needed to spread my wings as a college student, and you know, try out, you know, go see the world. But really, it was, I just was burnt out, and I didn't feel like I could say no to anything. So I was just no to everything, right? Didn't get equipped properly. <clears throat> um, as soon as you start adding humans into this process, like, I, I can say as much as I want that the structure is like we, we need the structure and it's very structured and you have to follow this process. But as soon as you start adding humans in, it gets messy. And maybe you get into the, you know, you start doing some reps and then, you know, someone, I, I send somebody to go do something and they go and they try and something's not quite right. And I'm like, okay, we got to equip you a little bit differently, right? And so it, it's not perfect, but it, this is a good guideline. This is a good way to look at things. Okay. Remembering the steps and having these goals in our mind, it helps us be intentional. It helps us not forget things. It helps us move through discipling people, okay? And it helps us as we're being discipled, because now I can look at this and I can say, you know, I got to do this thing, right? I'm, I'm being called into doing this for, this for the kingdom, I'm being called to minister in this way, and I realize, like, I am not equipped for this, so I need to go find somebody to equip me, right? Or I realize, like, oh, I'm missing connection in my life, and I probably need to work on that, right? These are, this, is, this is just a tool to help us gauge where we are at and to help bring other people along. Now, the last thing I want to leave you with here is that the ministry is not confined to the church. Obviously, my story heavily involves church. I ended up being a pastor despite my best efforts. Um, but it's not confined to the church, right? If I wasn't a pastor, I would still be ministering full-time. Not because I'm a workaholic, but because ministry is a lifestyle. Choosing to minister to people is a choice, and you decide to walk that out in your daily life wherever that puts you, Okay? I was a music major taking 18 credits on two instruments, way too many ensembles, commuting to school 30 minutes back and forth, working on the farm on the weekends, and I was still 
one, I was ministering in the church, but I was ministering to all of my fellow music students. Like every single one of them I was having an impact on that sometimes I don't even, like I didn't even see like, oh, I had that impact on you until 10 years later. I would still be ministering full-time. Ministry is not just within the four walls of the church. Every single one of us, remember the body conversation, our design? Part of being equipped is learning your design. Part of this is seeing like, this is who I'm made to be. I'm made to be the hand of the body. And I, maybe I'm, I'm just really good at putting nails in things. Like, I'm good at being a hand. I don't know what the hand does. Or, uh, you know, whatever. Whatever your design is, you need to find that out. You got to have people help you find that so that you can find your ministry that you're going to thrive in. There's been times where I've been in ministry or helping with ministries. I'm like, I'm terrible at this. Benevolence, I'm the literal worst. Because I'd be like, yeah, no, we can definitely help that. We can definitely help that. We can definitely help that. And pretty soon they're like, no, no, you, 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 Logan, go, go do something else because you're not good at this. That's not my design. Like, I'm really bad at that. So if I don't know that, though, I might get stuck doing something where I'm like, this is terrible. And then I, then I start to hate ministry, and I start to be resentful, and that's a whole, like, that's a whole path we don't want to go down. But every single one of us has places where God wants us ministering. Ministry can be as simple as taking out the garbage for the little old lady down the street from you. You're tending to her needs. Remember? the core of this, you're tending to a person's needs. Am I waking up in the morning, and the first thing I do when I open my eyes, am I saying, God, help me tend to somebody's needs today? I submit that if you wake up and you do that, if you make that a priority in your life, things are going to look differently for you. Implication here, you're called to be a disciple of Christ and therefore a disciple-maker. The path of discipleship continues through learning to minister, because we don't want to stagnate. We have to learn how to minister to people. This is where it continues. The application, like how do we do this where the rubber meets the road? Well, we talked about these. We're going to equip, provide opportunities, release to do ministry. But we need to look at these from two different perspectives, okay? which is why they're split up in your, in your bulletin like this, okay? So the ones on the left side, this is if you're looking from, this is like if I, if I was Terry. This is the Terry side. This is the little Logan side, okay? So Terry needed to equip me for ministry. I needed to equip myself. I had to put in the time. I had to take the effort to like actually horse the water, drink the water, Right? So think about where you're at. Like, are you in the position where you need to be discipling somebody? Or you have somebody that you can be discipling? Like, all right, this is what you need to do. Left-hand side of the graph. Are you in the position where, like, I need to be discipled in this. I need to grow in this. Right-hand side, okay? So you need to equip yourself. You need to seek out this stuff and find somebody to disciple you, to teach you the skills or teach you the whatever you need to know in this. Provide opportunities. If I'm, if I'm discipling somebody, I need to give them a place to play within their design. Like, I can't just 
square peg into a round hole and be like, Sean, you're going to do this. I mean, I'll do that sometimes because I'm a church planter and I'm just going to like, you do what you got to do. And you know, I like Sean, so he's, he's adaptable. It'll be fine. But like, <laughs> Sean, you're going to run women's ministry. This is not going to work well, right? Probably better than me, but not going to work well. But if I'm on the flip side of this, I need to seek out opportunities. Like, if, if nobody's stepping up to disciple you, go find them. Be like, you, disciple me now. <laughs> like, that's aggressive. Maybe, maybe throw a please in there. I don't, I don't know. Uh, and then, then lastly, we need to release people to do ministry. Or, vice versa, you got to get in the game. Like, at some point, you got to kick the bird out of the nest like they can, they can just, I could have just sat there and played the music and been cutting my teeth for forever. And then as soon as Terry resigned, I would have been like, no, no, I can't do that. Like, no, no, definitely not me. Right? That was an abrupt kicking from the nest for me. Right? And sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need that. So if you're in the position where you're like, okay, no, I'm doing these things and I need to, I need to like, what's, what's my next step? Like, it might just be taking ownership over something. Being like, nope, I'm going to do this. I'm going to run with it. Take that and do that. Do with that what you will. This is how we live out that implication. This is how we continue down the path of discipleship. This is how we learn to minister. And I would pray that God helps us all learn to minister a little bit better today. That he would bring us a little bit closer to him bring us a little further down the path that we would all learn how to minister a little bit better. Thanks for listening to the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share if you enjoyed this message. Mission Ridge is a new church in Missoula, Montana. If you're in the Missoula area, we would love to have you join us for worship on a Sunday. For more information about Mission Ridge, Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, or online at missionridge.church. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at missionridge.church forward slash give. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you have a blessed week. We'll catch you on the flip side.